It's 1:12 on January 6, 2015. I'm out in the woods. I'm at the top of the hill. And I have been pressing in in prayer. I've been lifting my hands and I really have been struggling in prayer. Like I'm 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 struggling to feel God's presence and I'm struggling over um, you know, the, doing the videos, and I said, God, what is this? I said, I'm willing to wait for anything. I'm willing to take anything off the back burner. I mean, I mean, off the the stove, and you know, God, just guide me. Is this oppression? Am I feeling oppression here? Is it is it the enemy that's coming at me that's trying to stop me from this? And you know, just really been trying to press in. And I stopped and was going to look at a scripture. And as I'm sitting here, just telling the Father how much I love Him and. You know, I want to do everything to please you. You know that I yield my life to you. I click my phone, it's 111. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Oh, man. That just absolutely blesses me, man. God, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord think about how many times I've been discouraged and asked the Lord to help me and he constantly helps me I tell you it is the stubborn nature of being a human is just rotten how quick we are to forget God's ways and to forget God's principles to forget what he's done to forget his answered prayers and I had just started to praise him and say God I thank you for, I was thanking him for all of the answered prayers and what he's done in my heart and forgiven me. Oh, I know what it was. I was getting ready to text my stepfather to let him know, thank you for the tank of gas and thank you for the oil change. And I had just been thanking God that my parents, God has changed all the situation. I have a good place to live. I have food. My parents just changed the oil in my car, put gas in my tank. They went from being, my mom primarily, from being a biggest persecutor of my life to now being the biggest fans. God changed it all. It's incredible. And it's not, I don't celebrate that I'm dependent upon my parents right now, but God is using them. He's using it to stretch my mom and get her outside of her finances and the control thereof and concern and stuff. And so, and then he's blessing them. He's blessing them for it. I mean, and, and he's blessing me because I'm able to focus on what he's asking me to do. 111, and a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. I've seen it too many times at exactly when I needed to see it to ever conclude it's just a coincidence. No, it is literally my father saying the same words over me that he spoke over his son Jesus Christ. And is it not true that the Bible says that he was to be the first of many sons? Oh my goodness, that is so unbelievably awesome. It's one of the, to this day, it's one of the hardest numbers and words I get from God is to hear that He loves me and He's pleased with me. It's so humbling to think the God of the universe that speaks this over you. Oh, God, thank you. He knows I'm trying. He knows that I'm trying so hard to obey Him and I'm trying so hard to, to memorize these scriptures. Man, I've been walking on the trail yesterday and today, and I'm just trying to memorize them over and over. Right now, I'm doing Luke 12 or uh, Matthew 12, 33 to 37. Let me see if I can do it off the top of my memory here. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. 
or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything that is good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. But the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. I tell you the truth. Men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. I just memorized that this morning right now while I'm walking on the trail. I mean, obviously I know almost all of the teachings at some level of familiarity because I've been in them for so long. But to get it nailed almost word for word, it takes a concentrated effort. I am not good at this. I am not good at it. And then this morning, I lifted my hands as I started memorizing these. And I'm going through it. I'm like, God, this is amazing. I have memorized so much of Jesus' words. It's unbelievable. I mean, again, God has never told me what He's going to do with this. He's not shown me, I want you to memorize the teachings because here's what I'm going to do. He hasn't told me that. But, and there's a part of me that, honestly, I've, I've wondered, man, I wonder if this is something negative. You know, I wonder if our country is going to be coming on really, really ugly times. You just never can tell in 10 years what might happen in our country. I mean, for Bibles to be outlawed or our electronic systems to go down or whatever. And, you know, think about it. If, if electronics went down, if the internet went down, or if electricity went out, and Bibles were confiscated, you'd have no word of God except for what you could remember. And here it is. God is telling me to memorize all of the teachings of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying He's telling me that because the end of the world's coming. But I honestly have thought... I wonder why he's having me do this. How many other people has the Lord had memorize all of the the actionable teachings of Christ? And he doesn't want me to just memorize those, but that's the emphasis is on memorizing the teachings of Christ. I mean, it's uncanny that if I'm doing it, I don't see 801 and, and 701, or 801, 701, or 811. But man, if I back off on it just a little bit, here will come the 811. God is so good and he's not getting mad at me it makes me just so thankful he's not getting mad at me he knows I'm weak he knows that I am not good at this he knows I'm struggling he knows I'm easily distracted he knows he wired me differently but he's asking me to do something that's difficult I don't think he made Noah with carpenter skills Noah had to learn it I know sometimes it must seem pathetic to me to know when I cry like this, but I am just feeling so like overwhelmed at this moment. Trying to memorize all this scripture is just so hard. I am not... I am not gifted in this area, and I'm doing everything I can. I can only do it for, you know... 15, 20 minutes at a time before I feel like my head's going to explode. And God has been asking me for so long to finish this and it's been so hard. I took my 
I took my rubber band exercise equipment and I was getting ready to smack the exercise bike just because of my frustration of how hard this is. And I just keep forcing myself. I just keep forcing myself. Just keep going. Keep doing it. It's the hardest thing God has ever asked me to do. There is no doubt in my mind that God is challenging me and pushing me and I'm doing something that I never thought. This is the most challenging thing I have ever had to do in my life. It was easier for me to walk into a courtroom with no attorney and trust God. This is harder. This is harder. This is harder work. It's more enduring. It's more tiring. It's more wearisome. It's more challenging. It's more taxing. The other thing was more scary. But in the end, you have to surrender to it. You surrender and say... I don't have any control over this. You walk in. I have control over this. I can choose to do it or not do it. And the fact is, God is asking me to do something that I am not good at. And this is, this is producing in me a different kind of character. I'm seeing this now. This is a different kind of character. The ability to do a difficult task, to stay at it over the long haul and finish what you start. I've already finished a book. That's something that very few people that set out to do actually do. God helped me. And now I'm getting closer and closer to being able to finish memorizing the top 93 teachings of Jesus Christ, actionable teachings. It is, it's been so hard. I mean, I, I am overwhelmed thinking about when I first started this. And I think about how many scriptures I barely knew as it relates to the teachings of Christ. I mean, I had heard them before, and if you said them, I might know they were in there somewhere, but memorizing scripture for Michael Criswell, the way my brain is wired for emotions and feelings, not facts and lists, I'm wired for story. It's very, very difficult for me to do this, and God has not excused me from it. He has not said, okay, I didn't give you the talents, you're not good at this, it's too hard, go ahead, quit. No, he hasn't told me that. I've been just begging him, God, by your grace, help me, help me, Lord. Yesterday I went in the woods and walked and I'm getting ready to go again because it's the only way I can keep my brain from cramping up is to keep moving. I find it's easier for me to memorize when I'm walking. And so I'm getting ready to go back up on the mountain today. It's 30 degrees outside and I don't care. I am, uh, I have been overwhelmed, but I am so, so excited I just know that God is telling me that Laura is going to be my gift when I finish this. I mean, this is unbelievable that this relationship I have with him, this is still, I haven't lost the part of me that is just unbelievably overwhelmed. I mean, I don't have any real evidence to prove to anybody yet that everything God's telling me is true, but... I know that the fact that I've been able to memorize as much scripture as I have is proof that God is with me. And I think that God is getting ready to put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God, and many will see and fear and put their trust in God. Amen. Psalm 43, 40 verse 3. This is a new kind of hard for me. I've done everything I can to avoid it. I've, uh, let me read the Bible. Oh, let me read this book. Oh, let me learn. Let me pray. 
me do this. And God just keeps saying, finish the work. And so I'm not even going to do a video, I don't think, again today. I was planning on doing a video, but I got to just keep getting this word. I have to just trust that even though this feels lazy, I told my parents at some point that it almost feels like I'm being lazy just sitting, memorizing scripture. But yet I think to myself, there's no greater command. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And, and so many of us don't have, if my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That is how we have to get the words in there, is through memorizing. My words are spirit and they are life, Jesus says. Man, so, so hard. Somebody might say, man, if all I had to do was sit around and memorize scripture, that would be so easy. Well, that's maybe because they have a different kind of intellect than I do. I might ask that person, well, how easy would it be for you to set up an entire video studio, sit down in front of the camera, and come up with some halfway intelligent, thought-provoking, respectful sermon in a matter of minutes off the top of your head without having to think about it? I have a different talent set. And so for me to memorize has been so difficult. Again, I keep thinking of Noah building the ark. The poor man was not a carpenter. God gave him the plans and said, now get to it. And he had to do it over a long period of time. I don't think it's been any less than a year and a half that I've been working on the teachings of Jesus Christ. And then it's probably been well over a year since God began to... I know it's been well over a year. Since God began to show me the 701 over and over. I've probably seen it hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. And God should have God should have knocked me off my plate by now. He should have given up on me probably. He should have said, you know, you're just not being very diligent, Michael. But God has been merciful to me. God has been gracious. I've begged him, God, please don't hold this against me that I haven't been able to finish this. God, you know how hard this is for me. And I've just begged him. I said, God, please, Lord, please be merciful to me and help me. And every time I ask him to help me, I recognize that I am the one that has to do some striving and that I'm the one that has to exercise self-control and discipline. I'm the one that has to cling in faith and strive to enter the narrow gate. Jesus doesn't do all these things for us, but he has empowered me by his grace. He has been merciful to me. And as hard as it is, it's never, there's, not, there's not been an easy day that I can think of. Like right now, it's not going to be easy for me to go change clothes, head to the mountain, knowing that what I have to do is just memorize, 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 memorize. But I'm going to do it. I've been trying to be as creative as possible, keeping my book kind of laying around, looking at it, and then like I've strapped it to the exercise bike, and I'll ride the bike for 25, 30 minutes and do nothing but try to memorize And I'm finding that instead of just trying to memorize it, I'm slowly trying to read it, understand it, memorize it. And I'm finding messages in it while I memorize it. And it's like it's serving a double purpose. I'm not only getting the word in my heart, but God is illuminating the scripture and giving me additional truth. So it's not just this pointless tactical exercise of, you know, do these details, memorize these words. God is using it for a purpose. Now I have to be quiet and I have to go memorize. God help me. The Lord is wiping me out in this subject of his 
sovereignty. He's been teaching me about this for for months and months. I've been interested in it, but for the last few weeks, I would say I've been getting strong, strong leanings and messages and focus in this area, and I'm seeing it everywhere in Scripture. So I've made a bunch of notes this morning about it, but I've just had this analogy that pops into my head that helps explain our need to participate in God's sovereignty. In other words, sometimes people think of God's sovereignty and they think of completely letting go of the steering wheel because God takes over total control and that fails to recognize that there is a part and a role that we must play. So the question then becomes, what is God's sovereignty and how do we participate in it so that we benefit from God's wisest direction in our life and wisest plans? So Psalm 25, 12 and Romans eight twenty eight are keys to God's sovereignty. To me, they are the two most powerful scriptures in the Old and New Testament that declare God's sovereignty and help us understand. Both of them showcase God's part and our part. And it looks like this in Romans 8.28. For, uh, it says, we know that God causes all things. So that means God is working or engineering circumstances for the good, quote, of those who love Him. So, God is not engineering circumstances for the good of those who don't love him. So that means that the part of the role that the people who want to be benefited from God's sovereignty, their role is to love God in Romans 8.28. If we look at Psalm 25.12, it says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him, God, he will instruct him in the way chosen for him. Man, this is an unbelievable passage of scripture. Here we have clearly a picture of God's sovereign plan is this, but you have to participate in God's sovereign plan and you could miss it. So in other words, there is a plan that's been chosen for your life. He will instruct him in the way chosen. That's already been chosen. It's past tense. There is a way that has been chosen for my life. And in order for me to find out what has been chosen... I have to fear the Lord. So the fact that a path has been chosen for me is God's sovereignty. How I access that sovereignty or how I benefit from that sovereignty is by fearing the Lord. What is that? That is a reverence, a deep respect, a you're the boss, I'm not the boss kind of attitude. And there are elements of that. Trust, faith, obedience, and love. Those are, those are the four key elements of sovereignty that I can see in Scripture. Trusting in the Lord with all of your heart, leaning not on your own understanding, acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will make your path straight. There's a key to God's sovereignty. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's another Scripture. Obey. John seven seventeen. If anyone chooses to do God's will, there's a choosing. God's will is sovereign election, but you have to choose to participate in it. You will find out whether his teaching comes from God or whether he speaks on his own. You'll find out when you obey. So there's trust, there's obey, there's fear, and there's love. Those are four key elements 
four factors, four keys to accessing God's sovereignty in our life. I've got to do a message about this. No matter where you're at, I think that if you're a person who's ever felt an affection for love, for God, a desire to know Him more, and a hunger for Him, it's very likely you're part of the elect. God has chosen to open your eyes to His ways and to His purposes in the world. Now, you have to turn around and choose back in order for you to benefit from God's sovereign election. And what does that mean? I'm living it right now. I mean, I don't know how else to say this. I can't apologize for this. But um, I see with my own eyes and I experience it. Not reading it in a book, not listening to a sermon. And if you say to me right now, Amen, I know, brother, but you've never experienced it, you're deceiving yourself. If I were to listen to a message and say, oh, I get it, I know, yeah, no, but I haven't experienced it, I'm deceiving myself. I'm seeing an experience. I'm knowing, like John 17, 7. They obeyed his words and they knew that his words came from God, the disciples. They knew through experience. So I'm seeing an experience. God is directing my steps. And he's not telling me the steps of tomorrow today. He has given me some promises for tomorrow and beyond, but he's not telling me how I'm going to have to get there or the steps I'm going to have to take between here and there. This is creating a dependence. So part of God's sovereignty is sovereign. God's sovereignty is an attribute of he is. He's sovereign, but there is a purpose for that. And a greater purpose for me participating in God's sovereignty is to be in relationship with God, which is what brings him pleasure. God didn't create us to be these mindless, subconscious, obedient robots that are are down here following the rules like nobody's business but not giving a care to who he is or what he wants to do in our life or how awesome he is or how loving he is or how graceful he is or how merciful he is. God wants... For us to know these things. And God wants to be blessed. I think this is why. This is one of the key aspects of. Key reasons why God's sovereignty. Is not overpowering of a human's will. Now it's overpowering of those who are disobedient. There is clear evidence. That God's sovereignty. Overtakes. This is an interesting insight. That God overtakes those who are disobedient. He removes their freedom. He either allows them to become slaves to sin, and they think they're choosing it, but they're not. It's chosen them. They're not free. Or you have instances like Saul, who lost his freedom to an evil spirit. He's no longer free to choose how he feels. That spirit at will can torment him. He's no longer free. He has lost his free will. I mean, this is an unbelievable analogy, I'm realizing. The Pharaoh. Pharaoh lost his free will. He was not able to choose. God hardened his heart. I think of Nabal. God hardened his heart. So the disobedient to God essentially lose their free will. The obedient to God never lose their free will. It's now always a choosing out of a love, a fear, a trust, and an obedience to God. My goodness, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. I have begged God to show me his covenant, to help me understand this, and I'm understanding his sovereignty right now in a way I've never known. I need to cut this off right now so that I can do a message about this. I also don't want to forget the analogy of an Olympic coach. 
say you wanted to become a gold medal athlete. This was your ultimate purpose in life, a champion athlete. And so you wanted to find the most successful Olympic coach in your particular sport you could. And you submitted to him and to his direction or her in order to accomplish this goal. And this person has already proven to turn out champion after champion after champion. But at no point in your training are they going to unscrew your head and screw on the head of a robotic previous Olympian champion. You are going to have to show up every day and choose to do what your coach tells you to do in, in hopes of getting to participate in the championship desire and his ability to make you a champion. And on that process, in other words, he's never going to take away your free will. At any point during the training, you can quit. It's just like God. At any point in time in your walk with God, you could turn away and walk away. Now, if you, if you desire strong enough to enter through the narrow gate, you won't. If you desire to uh, become an Olympic athlete enough, you won't. And along the way of this training, participating in his perfect plan to get you to your Olympic dreams... There is going to be a lot of surrender, there's going to be a lot of sacrifice, and there's going to be a lot of pain. A lot of times, the good things that he's asking you to do are going to be incredibly painful. And the reason why you'll keep doing them is because of the result that you will receive at the end. The reward of being a champion, the reward of finishing what you started, the reward of glory and honor. And that is exactly what we're working for. I mean, Paul says, you know, for us to compete as an athlete who goes into strict training and that you know only win, one wins the race so anyhow it's 12:32 on the 8th of January today I'm struggling for the last probably 3 or 4 hours I feeling kind of overwhelmed in thoughts and wouldn't even really know how to describe how I'm feeling um my sinuses are bothering me today. I got pretty blurred vision, and it's hard for me to see things far away. And my right side is kind of stopped up, so I know I'm not feeling super well. But I got an email today from a friend of mine, old best friend in high school, Ken Gray, and he sent me a picture of a screen capture of a satellite and says, "Does this look familiar to you? We live right up the street." And as it turns out. He lives a half a mile away from what once would have been one of the most desirable destinations on planet Earth for me, the Ricky Carmichael Ranch, which is the greatest motocross, supercross racer that's ever lived. And <clears throat> he lives in a place called Cairo, Georgia. And my friend now lives there with his family. And I, um, I looked at that and it just started me thinking about old days and old times and old things. And then one thing led to another, and me and that buddy went to high school with Kelly Slater, who's currently the 11-time world surf champion. So for some reason, I was checking on Kelly and seeing, like, you know, who's his girlfriend and just looking at, you know, that and remembering old times. And I started going down memory lane a little bit and realizing how much I used to want to be around guys like Ricky and Kelly because of how insecure I was and I wanted their friendship or wanted to be associated with them. So I could feel that value. So I kind of went down that road for a while. Then I kind of came back to, man, I'm just, you know, trying as hard as I can to memorize these scriptures. And 
I know I need to do some videos, but I'm just feeling this like oppression. I'm feeling like like an invisible force that's preventing me from doing it. I don't know what's going on. You know, is the Lord holding me back? And, you know, or is it the enemy or is it just me? And so I just ended up having a pretty confusing morning and I'm just not feeling well. My sinuses, I hate it when I get like this. Always related to these stupid sinuses. So before I got on my, before I left, I said, man, I got to get out of this house. I'm getting dizzy looking at this train. Ugh. Sitting, watching this train go by is making me dizzy. Anyhow, I got on my knees and I just said, Lord, I need your help today. I'm not feeling well, God. Please help me. Guide me, direct me in your path. And um, I just like recording these days because, man, there are days when I just don't feel good. It's not like I feel terrible, but I'm definitely, definitely struggling right now with don't have any spiritual energy to do these videos, yet I have a desire to do them. And then I feel like, okay, what is going on with, um, you know, me doing uh, the videos or writing all these ideas? I've had all these lessons come to me. God's sovereignty and just all these neat, neat things that are that are happening that God's given me these messages for. And then I feel like as soon as I want to move forward, nope. I just was getting ready to jump up and start writing this, what I learned about God's sovereignty today. And I saw 8.11. I made a message about it and it was 8.11. Finished the work. So I sat back down and started trying to memorize. I think today I'm just not feeling well. I'm feeling worse as I as I go on here. It's a real bummer for me that I don't feel well. I think sometimes I get caught in this really, really difficult spot of wanting so bad to teach people and to move forward and to share the things I'm learning and to help people to know God and I sometimes feel like I'm going to blow up if I don't get it out of me. And yet, I still feel like God has got me set down for a reason. He's got me set apart. It's like that January 4th message from um, Oswald Chambers that was so spot on for this. I feel like I could lay my head over. I'm starting to get worse. Ugh, I hate this. So, anyhow... <clears throat> I'm just going to keep on, keep on, nothing else I can do, just wait upon the Lord's grace. I'm going to try to plan a message today for the um, teaching number seven, actually teaching number s day six, part two. I'm going to try to do the message today on the parable of the rich man, and uh see if I can shoot it later today if I'm feeling better and try to continue to keep these scriptures in my head it's hard I was very motivated yesterday and today now I'm not feeling good I, I'd give anything if I could perceive you know there's 701 right there while I'm thinking about this store up the commands so I need to put definite emphasis on that. I almost feel like, well, Lord, do you just not want me to shoot any videos until I finish this? It's very bizarre. I'm, 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 I'm entering into a little bit of confusion, and it probably could be because 
I'm trying to do too many things at one time. He was telling me not to do the Bible study. Made it very clear to not start the Bible study right now, meaning with the men. And, uh, you know, the weekly Bible study that I was doing. So I have to ask myself, you know, does that mean he doesn't want me to do the videos, the teaching videos? Is it just like focus? I'm having such a hard time. Just, I couldn't imagine eight hours a day of just memorizing scripture. I feel like my head would explode or I would want to put a gun to my head. I mean, I don't know if like this is the way for everybody, but for me, I mean, it is the hardest thing. And especially when I'm not feeling good, I know that that's what's going on with me today. I am not feeling good today. And so it always makes things worse. It's harder to concentrate. When I don't feel good and my sinuses are messed up, it is so hard for me to concentrate and get my work done. As So <laughs> just feel so weird. Uh, I always wonder, you know, is it the Lord that's allowing me in this moment to feel like this? Or is it the enemy that's trying to stall me from, from doing this because he knows that God is going to bless me when I'm done waiting like this? Laura, the children, fruit and ministry, I have to continue to persevere. I'm going to sit down at Starbucks, get me something... I think I'm going to go for it all out, venti, extra hot mocha today, something that will help make me feel better in my nose and warmth in my body, and uh, I'm going to just keep trying to crack on these babies, man, just keep trying to get them in. I also thought, you know, what if I was in a prison camp and they said eight hours a day memorized, somehow or another I'd find the motivation to do it. I think it always comes down to motivation. I may feel a little resistance in my brain and say oh it's hard I want to quit and and I do and I change up things because I seem to have that freedom to do that but I think to myself I wonder if my motivation was changed how much more urgent I could do this Michael I'm going to give you two weeks to finish these or you're never going to see Laura ever again because she's going to be moving on with somebody else I mean, man I'd be like I'd shut my phone off don't contact me. I might go stay in a hotel and just walk, walk, walk and memorize, memorize, memorize. I mean, you know, that's funny to think about. Maybe I need to do that. Maybe if the God, maybe if God is 801, here's an 801 right here. Be very careful to obey all that I'm commanding you to do today. That's the, that's the combination with, with 701, you know, so, man. I'm going to sit down and try and take another whack at it. Now I'm arriving at Starbucks. Hopefully they saved a seat for me today. So I'm driving down the road, headed back from working on some of the teachings out of my book. And I'm, I'm not feeling well. My sinuses are draining and, you know, just blurred vision, all that stuff. But I'm like, man, I've got to do some videos. So I'm on my way back home. And I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm deciding, should I do go to the bookstore and read a little bit? Because I'm just not feeling well. And I, I want to be feeling good when I do these videos. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. The next thing I know, a car's passing me, 722. 
be very careful to obey all that I'm commanding you today. That way, that way it will go well with you. And I'm like, okay, God, are you telling me not to do the video today? The very next car while I'm saying that 701. I mean, you know, I, I'm only saying this dramatically because I'm not feeling well at all. Maybe that's why the Lord's allowing me to not feel well, so that I won't do a video. I don't understand it. It's really confusing to me because I know people are wanting me to finish the videos, but, and I know that God's going to let me finish the videos, but apparently He's got other plans. Like timing-wise, I need to be finishing these teachings. So, man, it's so hard, hard to do that. I, you know, I just have to trust that that's what God's telling me because I know He directs me with numbers. So. He's telling me just focus on memorizing the commands. So maybe I'll go home, eat, jump on the exercise bike again, and just keep trying to get these commands in me. It is very hard. It is very tough. Very, very tough. But if I keep going back at it, if I keep doing it, you know, for 20 minutes here, and then take a little break, and then go back at it for 20 minutes and keep repeating it, it's bizarre, I tell you what, bizarre how I'm in the middle of praying like that. Because I'm, I'm, I've asked the Lord today, you know, I need some direction, Lord. I haven't been feeling good. And this cold weather, I'm sitting at Starbucks the whole time, like coughing and hacking and <clears throat> in my throat. And, you know, I don't know why. I, granted, I did do, I ran my vacuum cleaner today. That always is not good to do for my sinuses. But... It seems like the really cold weather affects me too, so I guess I'm gonna, you know, I almost feel guilty, but I guess I'm gonna obey what I believe the Lord's telling me. Store up the commands. He's not telling me to teach them, He's telling me to store them up. Man, it's incredible, incredible how on the way there God was telling me 801, 701, and now on the way back, go to video. 722. Do all that I command that it may go well with you. That means things are going to go well with me when I do what God's telling me to do. That's Laura. That's my kids. That's finances. That's opportunities. I just believe that. Man, I wish I didn't feel so bad right now. If I have to just walk up and down my hallway and just keep trying to memorize, that's what I'm going to do. Discipline, man. Discipline. Character. Getting yourself to do the things you most dislike doing. There is such a battle in my soul for this. I'm not even kidding how hard this has been. People would say, come on, man, it's just memorizing. Pfft, you don't have my brain. If you think it's just, come on, man, you don't have my brain. I am not the intellectual guy. I'm the guy who could watch a movie five times and still not remember most of what I saw because I only remember how it made me feel. I can't remember the people's names in the movies. I don't remember a lot of the facts. And people will be telling me, don't you remember that? I'm like, no, actually, I don't remember that. But if you ask me how I felt, boy, I can tell you how I felt. But I can't, that's, I'm wired for emotion, man. I'm wired, that's why I do all these recordings, because I can talk about how I feel and what I'm thinking. But I don't, and, and if I wouldn't record things as they happen, I would never remember them. I've listened to some of my recordings going, oh my goodness, I completely forgot that. Because my brain just does not remember details. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I feel like junk. I feel like junk.
Tonight I watched the William Tyndale story and I took notes and I drove home from my parents' house asking the Lord why I don't have that kind of character. I mean, I just feel like I have a different kind of character than the men and women of God who did these kind of things. And you see these men and women fight tirelessly and without complaining. They fight for their cause and, you know, you see them up late at night burning a candle hours on end. I think of Jonathan Edwards who would prepare and study 13 hours a day um, to do a sermon, you know, for the week. Here I am complaining because I'm having to memorize the teachings of Jesus. I have to tell you, I feel very, very terrible about that. I mean, I'm not complaining because I love the Word of God. But I have told the Lord, God, this is so hard. Help me, Father. And, you know, I don't know what, again, He's never told me why. But, He sure has made it clear what, and that is for me to get this work done, but I don't know, I I definitely feel encouraged, it's funny, I went to my parents' house tonight to go get in the hot tub, soak my bones a little bit, and then I wanted to watch a story, and I picked the William Tyndale one, even though I've already seen it, but I want to, I'm actually trying to deconstruct the stories and collect a timeline and then create principles, and I want to learn and teach, especially the children one day out of these stories, and so... I just feel like, why do I not have that kind of character? I don't have a strong work ethic. I think maybe some people might disagree and go, man, that's all he ever does is work, and he finished the book, and he's constantly studying and reading. But for some reason, I feel like I almost need too many breaks. Maybe it's just that I don't, it's not that I don't have a good work ethic. I think that maybe my attention span or something is just not there like it is for these guys. And that bothers me. You know, I don't know how a man can study 13 hours in one day. I mean, I I could do three or four here and then three or four later, but it's like, I, man, it's hard. And um, just for my concentration level. So anyhow, that's all I wanted to capture is that I feel a little guilty and a little encouraged that Man, if William Tyndale can do it and lose his life, I've got to shut up complaining and just do this. I'm going to be so blessed when I have every actionable teaching of Jesus Christ memorized. I'm going to get the first 93 in me and then I'm going to go ahead and go for the rest, 117. And then I thought, over this next year, I'm going to make it my goal to memorize the top 150 scriptures. I've got this idea that I'll pick 50 subjects. False teaching, prayer, faith, waiting on God's timing, Christian living, suffering, you name it. 50 top subjects. Pick the top three scriptures for each subject. I've already got them in my phone. And memorize 150 scriptures. If you do three a week, that's 50 weeks. In one year you will have memorized 150 you will know the top three scriptures on the top 50 subjects, if you will, as far as I say they're the top 50, and I think most people would agree they would be. Man, what a command of scripture. If I, by the end of the year, if I could have 
all of the teachings of Jesus Christ. I think I'm going to make that my goal. If I could have all of the teachings of Jesus Christ memorized, the actionable teachings of Christ, things you need to take action on, memorized, all 117, and then 150 other scriptures. Man, that would be an accomplishment. That would be, that would put me in that sense of feeling accomplished, like I did something, like I've always wanted to feel like, a, you know, that I, I learned something, like I was a kind of an expert at something, not so people would value me, but there was something that I wanted to say, I worked at this, I finished this, I became an expert at this. I would definitely be an expert. If somebody wanted to know scripture, boy, they sure they would know that I could tell it to them and help them. And so I think it would just increase my effectiveness and my ability to teach and train and particularly my children, but other people. And so that's what, that's what my goal is going to be. I am learning so much right now from being tested by the Lord. It is 8.42 in the morning on the 10th of January. My son Nathan will turn nine years old in three days. Amazing. Amazing. I am being asked to memorize these teachings. I've made plenty of recordings about it. I see how easy it is for me to get distracted away from this. There have been all kinds of things, even good things. Me watching a program last night about the secrets of the Vatican that got me so upset, I wanted to write a whole book about why it's wrong to be Catholic and to open your eyes that make a tree good and its fruit is good, make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. A good tree cannot bear good fruit. I'm sorry, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. When you look at, forget all the doctrine, forget all the historical, forget all the orthodoxy, forget all the arguments over theology, look at the fruit. And I'm watching this about all these men, hundreds and hundreds of perverts and homosexuals and pedophiles. The whole church is just filled. The clergy is unbelievable. And for people to still have so much of a hope, it shows how desperate people are that they'll put their hope in anything and people will hold on to tradition as if it is God himself. And they'll look to man as if man, as if the Pope, as if he's God himself, as somehow or another a man wearing a funny hat and a white outfit who looks humble and gentle and very well may be, somehow or another he dismisses the mountain of evil that he stands upon. That his white robe dismisses in the eyes of the people the entire mountain of evil leaders below him. It is unbelievable how people could think that God is in that church, that he's ever been in that church, that that has anything to do with following Jesus Christ. It is so clear to me that it is very likely the whore of Babylon the Bible talks about is the Catholic Church. There is no doubt in my mind that it is probably one of the most evil things on the entire earth, more so than even Hitler. Somebody would say, how in the world could you say that? And I'm going to tell you why. Because Hitler never tried to be pretend like he was the light. He never tried to pretend like he was a saint, like he was the Pope or he was God. He was very clear about who he was. We are the Aryan race. We are a greater people. And to hell with all of you others. 
we want to destroy you. You got to give the guy some credit for being brave enough to be who he was and authentically who he was. The church is an even grievous evil because the greatest evil is hypocrisy. Somebody who claims to be godly and who is not. That's why Jesus got so riled up with all of the Pharisees. He never treated sinners like that. He only treated the religious folk like that. You brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything that is good for out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks? So here I am. I'm so impassioned by this that I'm even distracted in making this message right now. Because I just I went to bed thinking about it. I woke up thinking about it. And it's going to be part of... I'm going to write a series of letters to teach people what truth and love really looks like. And I'm also going to write letters to each individual issue that I see. And I'm going to write it as a person. In other words, dear Catholic friend, dear homosexual friend, dear I'm addicted to illegal pain pills friend, dear I'm a womanizer friend, dear I am addicted to social dating websites friends, dear this, that, and the other. And I'm going to use the struggles that people are struggling with to write letters pleading with them. So in other words, it's going to be a personal letter to them, but it's impersonal because it's not written to them. It's written to a person in that position. If the shoe fits, a person will put it on. It's not my fault that you're wearing that shoe. You put it on, it fit. I'm just telling you, that shoe is going to break your toes. So I am going to write these letters and... All of these ideas are coming to me, but God is continually challenging me, finish the work. It would be so easy for me to right now go sit in front of my computer and say, I have all these other good ideas, these other blog entries, I need to do a video, and God keeps telling me, finish the work. I'm having to to be tested in my focus. I'm having to prove to myself, because God already knows if I'm going to be able to do it or not. I'm having to prove to myself that I can finish what I start, that I can have laser focus, And I'm having to prove myself that I can trust God that by alienating myself from all other outside distractions, I'm not going to miss something or be less effective for God. But that by narrowing my focus and making laser focus, I'm trusting that even though it seems like I'm not doing work, this is what this comes down to. It seems like I'm not doing work by memorizing scripture. And that's part of the test. Are you willing to do what I'm asking you to do? I mean, I have to say to myself, Noah, did he not say to himself a hundred times, I don't know why I'm doing this. This doesn't seem like a godly work to do, to build a boat. What is this thing for? It's never even rained before. What, 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 what is this thing possibly going to be used for? I think about that. And that has to apply directly to what I'm going through because... God continues to show me Genesis 6.22. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded. So my flesh nature and even the part of me that's, you know, God-fearing wants to, but Lord, I know that memorizing is important, but I need to go tell people about you and I need to warn the people that are deceived in this and warn this and do that. And God's saying, no, memorize the scripture. But I'm like, but Lord, that's just an academic exercise. That's not really helping anybody. And what about my videos? And what about my subscribers? No. Memorize the teachings. I mean, it's taken me a long time to get this. And honestly, I'm having to fight this every single day. Every single day, I'm having to fight. And uh, this morning, in the last couple of days, there's been this message 
by Charles Stanley about commitment, what real commitment looks like, and how God will test you, and He will ask you to do something, and you need to be willing to do it even when it doesn't make any sense. Michael Commentary. Brothers and sisters, I've been trying to avoid doing Michael commentaries as much as I can, where I don't think it's absolutely necessary so that I can help get faster through the end of this work and get it finished. But I cannot resist, again, pointing out how incredible it is, since we're all watching this story and even myself reflecting back on it, seeing the providence of God and learning of his ways, and seeing how he deals with all of us. There's so many lessons in this, but these parallels, again, between six years ago and my life now are just, they continue to be astonishing to me. And so here you have me, you know, message after message talking about, man, it doesn't make any sense. God's telling me to do this little academia work, you know, of memorizing the teachings of Christ. And I, this doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, you know, there's a lot more people that are out there suffering in sin and they need this help with this. And there's this problem and that problem and this false teaching and that. And God, don't you need me to go out and, and do that? And you can see how differently the father's thinking is than ours. And watch this. You can not only see here that I ended up being right. Like right now, again, you're still not having enough proof to know, you know, is Michael really being guided by these numbers? Well, again, you'll recognize a tree by its fruit and you'll see how everything Father tells me comes true. Everything that he has plans, all these blessings. And again, I've already explained the whole Laura thing a number of times, but you'll see how everything ends up coming true and coming to pass. And you'll see how eventually the Lord is going to have me making thousands of messages for people individually, not the ones that are on YouTube. That's only just a handful of them, but literally thousands of private messages for people over a few years where I'm never going to have to look up a scripture verse that I have memorized so many verses, hidden the word of God in my heart. Not only that I might not sin against him, but 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received, faithfully serving others, administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do so as one speaking the very words of God, not his own words of, uh, you know, wisdom, if you will, but the very words of God. And if you notice, my scriptures or rather my messages are so heavy weighted with scripture. And what you guys don't understand is I don't have to look them up. Now, now occasionally I may do a message where if I have a, a particular subject I'm wanting to hit, I'll fire off and I'll go collect a couple of scriptures and say, now let me run through these scriptures and show you. But when the Holy Spirit is giving me a message to address to somebody, I don't go hunting down scriptures unless it's just like one. But what I find is as I'm giving the message, the Holy Spirit just brings these uh, uh, scriptures up to me. And that's why so many of you have testified to me, Michael, you won't believe it. I was praying for an answer to this. And then, you know, I read this scripture in my Bible study and there it was again coming out of your lips. I mean, I've heard from several, several people over the years, many people testify that the exact scripture verse they needed to hear came out of my mouth and confirmed it. Either God already showed it to them and then, you know, the, he used the message to confirm or vice versa. You know, they were confirmed after the fact. Bottom line is the Holy Spirit is giving me this living word, but I had to get it in my brain first. And so final point, you see how I'm struggling with this. It doesn't make sense. Well, the Lord has a big plan for me to get all this scripture in my heart. And that's why he keeps telling me, obey him, obey him. And now watch this. 
Now here we are, fast forward six years later, okay? The world is falling apart. We have this COVID-19 virus pandemic situation that just crippled the world and brought so many people to their knees, you know, before their circumstances, not before God. There was going to be no revival. I already, let's just call it, I prophesied it. I said emphatically and boldly in that message that I put on the YouTube several months ago when this thing first broke out, I said, no, you watch. Within six months, we're going to start to return back to normal in people's lives and in their hearts. There is going to be no revival. And in spite of what people like Torben Sundergaard and many other preachers out there, including even non-preachers like that guy, Mike, who owns um, Pillow, My Pillow, and he was brought up by the president and then he was interviewed on Fox News and he said, oh, this is going to be the great awakening. And I'm standing there going, this guy may know about God, but he doesn't know God. He's not hearing from the same God I am. There is going to be, I've said it emphatically, there's going to be no revival. There's only going to be the awakening of the elect. And that's a very few number of people here and there everywhere. But you, I've said it clearly, you are not going to see revival. On the contrary, what you see is that picture that went viral of the little old 90-year-old lady stuck inside, quarantined in her house. And what is she wanting? What is she, How humble has she become? She stands in the window that says, need more beer. This is what America has come to. And people sent it around and passed it around. It became so wonderful. That's the revival. It's the revival of wickedness. It is the hardening of the heart against God even more. See, we're going to get through this. And watch this. This second wave that's coming, it doesn't matter. We're going to get through this. These hard-hearted, determined, self-strength, God is their own strength people. They're going to get right through this. And they're just going to keep on going in their hearts through this wave, just like all the waves that come at Pharaoh. They're going to be even more hardened against any capacity for repentance. So watch this. With all of this going on, and then comes the you know, Black Lives Matter thing and all the other crazy stuff that's happening. There's a lot of big issues that I was like, Lord, I need to tell people about this. And I need to tell people what you've been telling me about this. And and the Lord's like, nope, I want you to finish the work. Do you see how incredible this is? And I would say, Lord, really, this just doesn't seem to me like, you know, my story and me dealing with, you know, oh, Lord, I don't have any finances. I can't pay my child support. Oh, Lord, I haven't seen my kids. I'm still waiting for Laura. My mom's still persecuting me. People are still trying to fix me up. I don't see how those things matter in the scheme of the global issues that people are facing, Lord. And I said, oh, nevertheless, I didn't say it to him like that, by the way, because I've learned, but I did go to him. I said, Father, I'm feeling such strong desire in me. Listen, brothers and sisters, this is what it means to walk by the Spirit. The majority of professing Christians are not walking like this. They're out doing stuff for God. That's evil. It puts you in the driver's position. That's why I have said this whole charismatic movement and all this Andrew Womack business talking about the doctrine of the sovereignty of God is one of the most hellish doctrines ever perpetrated on the church. And I go, man, oh man, oh man, is he going to burn hotter than you can't even imagine in hell. This is a guy who's teaching people to go out and blab it and grab it, name it and claim it and, and just go out and do it all in the name of Jesus Christ a lot with all these whacked out totally extreme charismatics. I don't even know how to describe them. I'm so angry at them. But they're out there teaching people to be independent of God, 
to just go out and do all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. They have no clue what it means to walk with God, not to go walk on behalf of God. It doesn't say anywhere in the scriptures, go walk on behalf of God. It doesn't say that. It says, walk and keep in step with the Spirit, Galatians 5.25. It says in Romans 8, those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. So if a person's not led of the Spirit, they're not a son of God, even if they claim to be a Christian, even if they have a gigantic ministry, if they are building with anything other than the foundation of Jesus Christ, and they're using costly wood, stone, hay, emeralds, diamonds, gold, you name it, all the things that men can produce, all the things of the earth, all the things of human ingenuity, human initiative, human power, human strength, human resources, human understanding, it all comes to nothing. You can see Jesus taught as an example, and no servant is greater than his master. I don't do anything that my father doesn't tell me to do. I didn't come to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. I do not speak on my own. I do not come to bring honor to myself. You see this? The commands you hear, the teachings you hear, he says, they are not my own. They come from him who sent me. You see it all throughout scripture that he did not come to bring pleasure to himself. He came to serve. And I started begging father years ago, Lord, help me to live like that. I want to obey you like that. I want to be with Jesus as my example, obedient like that. And you see, brothers and sisters, I don't have the character And I don't have the divine nature that Jesus does to be able to do it exactly like Jesus did, but I'm doing it more and more like Jesus did. I'm learning more and more to do only that which Father has asked me to do, and I've been learning it more and more over the years. It's Again, it's taken me a lot longer to to be able to do this than Jesus, okay? But I have grace, and I'm learning to reign in that area. That's just a higher level of walking with God, and I just find it so amazing that I'm, again, going through the same thing, but not nearly the struggle. I only mentioned this like one or two recordings, you know, now in my life currently about the struggle between, hey, look what's going on in the world, and you're just telling me to keep telling my story. I mean, I don't understand this, but nevertheless, I know when my father tells me to do something, I do something. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. I can practically guarantee you I have received more testimonies from people via email about the uh, Trusting God in the Wilderness series and the I Will Come Forth as Gold series just just lately that I've been working on. I have received more incredible testimonials from people about those, I bet, than I ever would have. If I would have said, well, I'm going to go tackle the COVID-19 issues and all the conspiracy theories and tackle the the Black Lives Matter stuff and all the hypocrisy surrounding that. Oh, Lord, I'm going to go tackle that stuff. And the Lord says, I don't want you to have anything to do with that. I want you to keep doing what I'm asking you to do. Do you see this? God's ways are not our ways. His thinking is opposite of ours. We think we have to go this way. God says, no, the way to effective strategy is to go this way, not that way. To, to, to do the smaller thing that I tell you to do, obedience is better than great sacrifice. And then you and other people will be blessed. Isn't that amazing? Just amazing. God bless you. End of commentary. I think to myself, this is no different than don't work for food that spoils when he asked me to set down my secular work and I didn't understand why. This is no different than him saying you can't borrow the money to go get your kids. I don't understand why, but I'll obey. Same thing as you can't hire an attorney and walk into that courtroom. Trust me to defend you. It's the same thing. They all require sacrifice. 
and every single time you try to make a sacrifice, there will be birds of prey, spiritual birds of prey, Satan's kingdom will come upon you and descend just like in Genesis 15 to Abraham or in Luke chapter 8 verse 12. The seed that fell among the rock is those who receive the word with joy. When they hear the word, receive it with joy. But they have no root. When the time of testing comes, they fall away. Jesus explains, I'm sorry, I meant verse 11, which is the seed is the word of God. Those that fall along the path are those that hear the word of God and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. And what Jesus is talking about is it, it says in the um, original parable that the seed was trampled on and that birds of the air came and devoured it. Those are the birds of prey that we see in Genesis 15 that descend upon Abraham's sacrifice. That sacrifice was the the key to God's will. And anytime God asks us to make a sacrifice, there is a blessing on the other side of that. It's a key that opens up a door to another level of blessing. And so I guess what Satan does is he comes along and tries to use everything from mistrust, doubt, fear, worry, anxiety, pressure, internal and external from others, distractions, innumerous, innumerable distractions to prevent you from being able to make that sacrifice. And so Charles Stanley talks about how you will learn so much about God and about yourself as you go through these things. And was it not just two nights ago, I said, Lord, why do I not have the character of a William Tyndale, the ability to sit for hours on end, focused work translating the Bible from Latin into English, or rather from Greek into English. So it is so interesting to me how much I'm learning and for a guy like me that wants to go, 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 being told, nope, I want you to sit down today and chill out. It's not chilling out. It's hard work. I'm getting ready to do it. And the thing that I want to make sure that particularly my children understand, and I guess everybody has different dispositions, but God will sometimes call us to do things that are not in line with our top talents, our top resources, and our top strengths. Then we have to rely on discipline, and on the grace of God. And so, so many times, this is a daily battle for me. I'm sitting here looking at my book that I wrote. And there is a force. There is a resistance. There is a desire to procrastinate. There is a desire to see this as, oh, it's a work. Oh, this is so hard. There is so that real feeling. In these moments, I have to say, I trust God. I don't know what the end of this is. I don't know if there's going to be a reward to my work or not. But God has asked me to memorize all these teachings of Jesus Christ. And he knows better than I do. And he's got a good reason, although he hasn't told me what it is. Am I willing to trust him and be disciplined enough and focused enough to do what he's asked me to do? Or am I going to have the character of a clown who says, or I should say a fool, who says, ah, it's just too hard. I need to find something easier to do. There's other good things I could do. There's other godly things I could do that would be easier and would be a relief from this. But that's not what God has asked me to do. And if I don't do what God asks me to do, I am a failure. I'm rebellious. I, I now am condemning my own self. I will be judged by my own words. At the other 
side of this is I'm trying not to beat myself up about it. God knows that this is the hardest thing he's ever asked me to do. I'm sure there will be harder things, but as of right now, this has been monumental. For a brain like mine, for an intellectual, they would love this. Oh, you mean to tell me I get to sit down and memorize the teachings of Christ and God calls that work? Hallelujah. I love studying the Word of God. I love reading the Word of God. I love talking about the Word of God. I like writing about the Word of God. But to factually memorize word for word is so laborious for me. So hard. My character is proving that it is stronger than it ever was. It's demonstrating that I'm willing to do the things that I don't like to do because God is telling me to do them. The only thing that's driving me is my fear of the Lord in this because I don't see this as, I'm not consciously aware throughout the day as I'm doing this that, oh, this is going to be such a help to other people. This is going to help me in my ministry. I mean, yes, if I stop and go, duh, Anybody who will have memorized all of the actionable teachings of Jesus Christ word for word and have them in his mind for the Holy Spirit to instantly bring to to mind during conversations is a person who's going to really be able to help people. I mean, I'm watching all these stories of the martyrs, the, the Torchlighter series, the Heroes of the Faith, and the William Tyndales, and the Eric Littles, and the Amy Carmichaels. And you look at these stories... And you see how often they quoted scripture. Their answer to every problem was scripture. When he's talking about, William Tyndale's talking about, this one bishop says, do you understand the sacrifice it's going to make? If you commit, if you leave and go to Germany, if you leave England and go to Germany, you will never be allowed back into England again. You will be hunted. Do you realize the cost? And and in his mind, he starts to quote Mark chapter 10, 28 through 31 or so. No one who has left home, brothers or sisters, mother or father, wives or children, or or, or children or fields for my sake, will fail to receive a hundred times as much. He quotes that scripture to himself. And in answer to all of the problems that people debate him on, he brings scripture. And I think to myself, that's exactly what I'm doing. Well, how much more will I be able to do that if I have all the scriptures memorized? Somehow or another, my main motivation is just to do this to obey God. I'm doing it without really knowing that, how do I not know that my ministry will never be anything more than meeting two people a week on the mountain like God has me doing now. Average, you know, just one one or two people here and there. And that I speak a word into their life. I don't know, but I have to just keep going, keep going. And so I shut up now. I can delay as long as I want. The time is now for me to continue on.